Manchester United have got numbers forward here. And Bruno Fernandes, and put in by Eriksen. Christian Eriksen scores for Manchester United from very close range. Juan Bazaka, great ball across, that is brilliant. Eriksen scores from close range, and United lead in the cup tie. It is hit by Eriksen! It's fantastic! A special, special goal for Christian Eriksen! Hello, and welcome to another episode of the United Podcast. I'm Sam Homewood, and with me are... Helen Evans. David May. Hey, and we are back at Carrington. We're in our nice VIP room. We, look we, we shouldn't even call it a VIP room. It's, what it's, it's just called, our room. Though, isn't it? yeah, it's just our, our room. It's our room. <laughs> uh, but we are, are we, well, Maisie's on the treble. You're lovely. I think you're Thank very you. important Thank people. Thank you, Sam. I'm sort you're of tag along take. and I'll take it. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> and we've got a fan in the room, Sam. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, a lottery winner. Super fast. So I see myself on this. Super Sam. Yes, oh, we are thanks, back Maisie. in this VIP room. It is International Week, mm-hmm. though. Um, I very hate quiet, international right? weeks. Oh. oh, they do, my head. Uh, anyway, we are going to speak to Christian Eriksen. At the time that you're listening to this, it might be that he's made of the bench. It might be that he's had minutes on the pitch. It might be that you've seen some lovely pictures from the training. We're not sure, but it's a day or two after he posted on Instagram a picture of his foot in a boot, then a picture in a trainer, and then a picture in a football boot. Should have clarified the first boot was like a big medical protection boot. Yep. So we, we're not sure exactly where he'll be when you're listening, but... I'd like to see how many likes that post got, actually. I should have checked that before Well, it was a story. Yeah, but then the club put it on as a post. Oh, of course, they, yeah. Clever. So it would be interesting to see how many fans like that, because we have missed him, Maisie. Everybody wants him back. We have missed him. Absolute top, top player. I was so pleased when he came to the club. Been more, it's Unbelievable like, player. Been rumoured forever. Yeah, ever since he was a kid. Yeah. I'm so glad he's there now because, I, as I just said, I think he's an absolute brilliant player. You, it's not often you get a natural two-footed player as good as him. Uh, he's, he's different class. It's just exciting, isn't it? Just having him and thinking he's going to come back because we've done so well. We've won a trophy. We've made it to the semi-final of the FA Cup. We've made it to the quarterfinals. But we do need him. Yeah. But that's what I mean. We've managed that far without him. Now yeah. for the final stage of the season, it'll be like literally a new signing. It's incredible to think when we were all watching that Euros and we all remember watching that incident when he fell to the floor that he is back playing football, never mind for Manchester United. Do you remember watching that vividly, Maisie? Yeah, absolutely. I like it was yesterday. Me too. Emotional as well. So emotional. Just, um, wow. You know, what on earth his parents were going through, his wife, family, friends. You, You just... Unless you're in that position, you will never, ever know what it feels like. Yeah. But so glad. I'm not just saying that because he's a United player, but I'm just so glad that he actually pulled through. Whether he played or not, the fact is he yeah. pulled through. But now we've got the bonus that he has pulled through and he's now a Man United player. has to be a life-changing moment, obviously. you think so, wouldn't you? But he's a very calm man. He might... Mm. You might think, yeah, that happened and then just carry on. Shall we find out? Yeah, let's find out. Here he is. It's Christian Eriksen. Oh, I don't give a fence iPad. Where's my fence iPad? Unbelievable. <laughs> no. You can take your phone out if you want. Might look no, a bit strange, fine. but how are you? I'm very good, thank you. Very well, thank you. Good. Bit of a quiet week at Carrington this week? Because, of course, Very quiet, week. I would say. I haven't been here when it was that quiet. Yeah, maybe a bit similar when I signed because that was with uh, the whole team in Australia. Uh, that was also very quiet, but there's uh, literally no one. Just you on your own. Just there's a few others here. No, though. there's still a few people, but not compared to what normally, then there's no one here. And obviously you're not used to actually being around on International Week because you're usually away. Yeah. What's it been like from that side of it? Yeah, it's weird. 
like you say, you're normally away and it's more the thing of you're following your national team at the same time and you are here, like instead of being with them. Uh, that is weird, but it's happened before, so you get used to it. Uh, but still, you know, you enjoy it less. Obviously, you're not playing because of your injury. Yeah. No boot on the foot anymore. Nope. We saw your Instagram post a couple of days ago. Yep. How are you now? What's the situation? Yeah, no, it's going well. Uh, just started being uh, outside, as you saw, with football boots on. And then, uh, yeah, we take it from there. That's the next step. I've been in the gym for some weeks now, and now it's time to, to do the next uh, rehab session outside. We've spoken to some of your teammates and loads of Formula United players about being injured and how they cope with that period of their career. Yeah. What's it like for you? Do you find yourself missing that day-to-day -day training routine or are you happy just getting on with it and focusing on getting back to fitness? Uh, yeah, I think early in my career, I would have taken it a lot harder uh, than I do now. I think as you learn later on, it's just part of your career. I mean, it'll be sometimes you're lucky, sometimes you're not. Uh, and with this one, particularly when I can't do anything myself to it, something just uh, came onto me. Um, then really the the mindset is just getting back as soon as possible, but in a in a healthy and a strong way, not to get any setbacks. Can I ask as well, just something I was wondering myself, did you plan when you took the first picture with the boot that you would take a picture with your football boots no, on? No, I, th I thought that <laughs> later on, actually, I thought, I did say to uh, to mess with the, the treatment uh, people, I said, yeah, I think I have a good idea for a picture later on. And then I was like, oh yeah, I do have a picture from earlier, but it's actually just for sending to friends before, like saying like, this is what I'm looking at now. Yeah. This is how it's going. Uh, but then afterwards, like, yeah, maybe another one. Then I have three on the bounce. That yeah. would make sense. Obviously, the frustration with the injury, certainly from our perspective as fans, because we love seeing you playing for United. And this season has been so extraordinary in terms of how successful we're being. And there's hopefully more finals to come. You missed out on the League Cup final. Yeah. What are your hopes now for the running when it comes to this season? No, like I said to the guys as well, to the to managers, like just keep winning games. Then uh, there's more games for me uh, when I come back. That has also been part of the mindset. Like the more games they win, the more cups they continue, and the more games and possibilities I have of playing a final. So yeah, no, it's a it's a good and for me just a, a good time to come back to be ready for for the last push for the league cup. Did you get a medal? I haven't got it yet. No, not yet. Uh, I'm supposed to get one, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, we uh, don't hold of, your breath. Uh -huh. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> well, you still, yeah, you still really? I still went for a Premier League one, yeah. Are you really? Yeah, from 99, yeah. I was promised, yeah. I get a 99 one. But hey, oh, don't hold your breath, pal. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's well reason done. to well go. I'm saying that on a podcast now. Well done. I might uh, get one now. Yeah, there you go. Well done. No, we'd, yeah, get a medal at some point. It's different when you don't play in the mm -hmm. final. Obviously, they get it on the pitch, celebrate, do their stuff, and me limping around in a boot. Uh, yeah, trying to not do too much, but still you want to be part of it. How far off are you now? I uh, can't say how far, but being outside is a, is a next step. Yeah. And then probably uh, some weeks to get some fitness and then uh, see how the, the body reacts to, to being outside. That's probably the... Do you know when he actually thing. did you? Did you know there and then? Well, on the pitch? Yeah. Yeah, I felt something like uh, normally if you roll your ankle because he was up before, it? it's like you feel a bit of a awareness. And yeah. I actually stood up and I felt fine. I felt pretty stable, but then I did feel like something else. I felt my calf and higher up, but I thought, oh, this is a, I might just skip it and be. And then we scored, so it's like perfect yeah. saying, yeah, winning one nil at Reading. Uh, let's call it a Doing day. My job. And hopefully, uh, let's go out and hopefully it's not, nothing serious. And then uh, it was. Are you the type of person? If you play against him again, you'd want to get him back. <laughs> no, I'm not that type of person. <laughs> maybe no, maybe in 99 it was little, different, little, but no, little not black that. book, no. 
No, I don't have that. No, I was more for me. It was more the the thing. I was surprised, like he didn't get a yellow card uh, or anything know, like yeah. that. That was me for awesome. more like uh, what what is this? Um, but no, towards any girl, no, nothing. No, you're not malicious in any way. No, <laughs> not in that way. No, <laughs> that's what that's where your downfall is. <laughs> Let's go back to the very Let's go beginning. Kick him back. <laughs> Can't believe you waited for long to get your medal. Then what's, what's going on? He's, an, he's been angry since 1999. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us about life growing up. I know you've got a sister because she yep. plays too. Yes, it does. Is it just the two of you? What was your routine? What was school? Where were you? Tell us it all. Uh, oof. Uh, yeah, like you said, I have a little sister, three years younger. Uh, she started probably playing football because she was following me around, which I was probably, I was, I grew up with a football uh, literally in my bed, next to my bed, uh, everywhere. Um, and then she went up with me all the time, of course, to all the training and games. Um, and then I grew up in a town called Middelfart, like uh, funny as it sounds, a nice place. Um, yeah, and then really had a normal, basic life, I think, as a Danish uh, Danish family to uh, to uh, good parents, uh, taking good care of us, going to all the sports events in a week and uh, driving us back and forth and uh, making sure we had some food. When you say sporting events you used to go to in the week, what other sports were there? Uh, yeah, mainly football. Uh, I think I played, uh, I ended up starting when I was just before I was free, uh, starting playing football and then just kept going really. I had a, when I was about, I think 12 or 13, I started playing a bit of badminton because that's because the, the break in Denmark when it's winter was, uh, the pitches weren't, uh, weren't too nice outside. And that was before there was artificial pitches, so there was even, uh, Different, so I played a bit of badminton, uh, but then football started again. I was like, yeah, next step. Football is getting more serious. You're getting more, being seen more from other clubs and uh, scouts and whatever. And then it's like, okay, there might be the the next step, and just full focus on football. Your father was a coach. My dad was a coach. Uh, he was my coach as well, pretty early on after a few years, I think five or six, and then he was my coach until I. Did he play to a good level? Yeah, he was in. Uh, was like first division, so I'd say like championship football in Denmark. Uh, I just spoke to him the other day about it. Actually. He started as a striker and then I was a right back. I, I'm not doing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, he had a he had a good career in uh, in football terms. Yeah. Do you remember watching well. him? Uh, no, he no. stopped before he had a lot of knee injuries and stuff, so his legs couldn't cope. But my mom played as well. Uh, she was a footballer as well back then. Um, I didn't see her either. Obviously, she was she stopped when. Uh, when she gave birth, but uh, yeah, I heard stories. Who was your team as a family? Who did you all support? Uh, yeah, where we were from, our team was probably uh, Odense because that was the OB, the bigger club on uh, the area where we were from. So that's probably the main thing. But I think as a family, we didn't really have one club we followed more. It was more just uh, being outside. Like it was, of course, there was a game on TV, we'll watch it, but personally, I'd rather be outside playing. So there's not often you'll be sitting watching a game on TV with my parents. I'd rather be outside on the pitch kicking a ball. At what point did people start to notice you and perhaps bigger clubs from different areas start going, well, we'd like to speak to Christian? Uh, yeah, early on, I think the the first time must have been 12, 13, because then I, I left from Middelfart to OB when I was 13 which was the, the bigger club back then. And that was the year before, there was a bit of where should we go? Another few clubs came in also around the same area, but then it ended up being OB. Yeah, so it, they came in pretty early 12. And at that point, did you did you have other passions as a 12 year old? Was it just football? Did you like school, for example? Just football. Though I didn't mind going to school. Like I would do my thing. I'll probably uh, the, always the, the meetings with the, 
with the teachers that the like a meeting or whatever with the with the parents they will always go like he should raise his hand more he should talk more and I've, i was very shy very laid back and i'd rather put someone else in the front line and being at the back and doing my thing and yeah but uh yeah it changed luckily worked out okay so you 12 or 13 you went to obey yeah that is odense bold club yes, is that right exactly. <laughs> club, yeah bold close club. perfect yeah, close um and how long did you go and play there and how far was that from your home uh that was from 13 till 16 uh, then i left to to amsterdam to ajax but i was there so i was there for three years and there was about it's about half an hour drive from where we were so, so you were living at home you weren't living the first at the first yeah. first year when i was 13 we lived at home uh went to training went to school in Middelfart, went there training came back home and then the year after that was about what is that here late primary school when you're 15 you have mm-hmm. another year of in Denmark like the finish year of your school that I did that in Odense so I left in the morning with another friend of mine Rasmus Falk which also is professional he's been there for in Copenhagen for many years he actually did there's a good clip of him against United on YouTube okay yeah you'll we'll find add that. It in. uh yeah uh but he was there with me so we took the train around quarter to seven each morning so we took the train half an hour went to school all morning training twice a week and then after school we went to training and then we took the train home or some parents came pick us up and we left and we went home at we were home at 7 seven thirty, and that was the whole week you talked about your dad starting as a striker and looking as a right back obviously we all know you as this incredibly creative wonderful magical number yeah. 10 i guess where did you play when you first started uh, same, same place. Okay. Always a midfielder. Uh, my dad always put me in uh, in midfield, and Udense the same. And then obviously the in the prem, uh, it was a bit different. Like a bit, uh, I was probably a little lightweight compared to a lot of the other midfielders you expect in the, in the prem. So I was put more on the on the winger side or a bit more striking sides. Did he have a big influence on your career, your dad? Yeah, very much. He was. Uh, he's always been very uh, pushy. Like he's mm-hmm. been. The, I had the dad who was be shouting at me on the sideline if I didn't do something properly, and I also have the the tough conversation in the car on the way home if it was a bad day or if you had a bad game, he'll mm-hmm. be on to me. Uh, so I've had loads of those drives, and I it, I think it did help me. Like in a sense of I could cope, obviously. So I took it in a in a good way. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't set me back, which of course is different. So I was lucky. Um, but yeah, he did push me. Yeah. Was your dad like? Sorry, Maisie. Similar. Yeah. Similar. Absolutely. Are you the same? You have kids. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do the same? Uh, No, my dad when I played football, I was the same thing. Yeah. Some parents are quieter. What kind of parent do you think you would be now? I don't know because our boy is just starting as well, being into football. So he's four, four something, and he's starting to get into football. And I do, I feel like I'm holding myself back watching him play, but it's more like I I need to calm down, let him play. But I think I'll be my, I'll be. Relaxed but supportive. Yeah. I hope. I hope. I will hope. Doesn't matter. Just he's happy. Then doesn't matter what uh, what I do. No. <laughs> um, I've read that even at that age, some of your coaches talked about your free kick yeah. ability. Is that something that you just had because of your natural technique, or did you practice and practice and practice? No practice uh, with my dad. It's the same as how I kick with with both legs. I mean, it was the same in the in the garden. It would be ten with the right, ten with the left, uh, and that continued in um, in the training. It even let me take corners in the youth with with both legs. Free kicks would be right foot, obviously, but yeah, no, the kicking has always been something that's uh, been training. Yeah. So would you still do that now if you practice? You would just do ten. No, 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 no I'll do whatever. 
whatever. Plays for Man United. Uh, Sammy does depends. a bit more than 10. Well, no, no, sure, <laughs> some do, yeah. Yeah, James Ward-Prowse obviously is close to setting the record. He only ever takes three free kicks every session. He doesn't ever take a fourth. Yeah, if but he only does three, there's pressure on him every time to score. So he doesn't, if he takes 100, mm. some of them don't mean anything. Well, he has done about 100,000 before those three. Yeah. 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 So it's like building up to it is yeah. different, I think, in the yeah. youth-wise. But if you had where, where he's at at the level, I think three, I think he just knows. Mm -hmm. Like it's a different from training. He just knows how to hit it. So that's, it's different. How did you move to Ajax come about? Uh, well, they uh, they contacted the club, Odense, saying they uh, wanted me on trial. Uh, for a week because uh, before that I did go uh, to some clubs which is weird because there's a lot of rumors of me going to United when I was younger I never went there no no, they never contacted me back then uh, I did go to Chelsea two times uh, but uh, so as a Chelsea I was 14 15 and then uh, a third time there was no there was no good for me at the time and I went to see I even went to Barca for a week I went to Milan for three days and then I went to Holland to look at Feyenoord and Alkmaar to look mm -hmm. at the clubs in general. And then Ajax came later, uh, actually. So I was actually close to the other clubs. And then Ajax came and my feeling was from the start, from I think Ajax would be the best option. And luckily they uh, we said no to doing, a, or me and the club, or my dad said, no more trials. If you want me, you can, you can yeah. buy me. And luckily then they're buying me. How does that work? So you were 15 at this time? 16, yeah. 16, 16 so yeah. touring around some of the biggest clubs in Europe and Chelsea yeah. and not getting, I guess, overawed by all of that and thinking, oh, this is, I've made it or thinking, oh, I want to go to this one because of the state. How do you pick it? There's, there's so much at play there. Yeah, no, I think I've been, I think go back to the parents. I mean, it's just also the the feeling from my parents. The first time I went to Chelsea, I was only 14. I mean, I felt like I'm in a completely different yeah. world. I feel like this is, I'm driving in a gated community. It's like, what is this? It's a different world. And that scared me at the time. It was like, that's that's not me. And my parents were the same. And the second year was the same. It's more like, want to see, test yourself, see what you can. But I never had the, it never scared me or scarred me to go on those. And that's probably because of the, the family uh, mentality we have luckily. And Ajax turned out to be a good choice. It did, yeah. What was it like for you at the beginning, moving there away from your family? Did you know anyone else there? No, okay. There was uh, no one. I know one of the first team players because he was in a Danish national team, but I only know him off the name. Uh, Dennis Romedal was in the first team. There was no Danish players in the youth uh, back then. So uh, I left there. I came there. Uh, my mom was with me for the first month. And then I moved into uh, what you guys here call a, a digs, mm -hmm. like a host family. And I was with them for one and a half until I could get my own uh, place. But it was tough in the beginning. Like it's, it's long days as well. I needed, they went early on. I went to, uh, they had like a school at the training ground. So at the training ground, I actually would have like a school and I would have Dutch every day for the first one month. And then uh, luckily Dutch wasn't that difficult for me to learn. So then afterwards I would speak it. You still obviously can speak fluent Dutch. I still speak well Dutch, yeah. English. Any yeah. other languages to make us feel bad? Uh, yeah, English. I mean, you can make everyone feel bad in England. They only speak English. Uh, no, I, I picked up a bit of Italian when I was there, but I was that was never really good. It was okay, but it was never really good in the end. Again, is that something you would pass on to your children to make them learn a language early on? Obviously, yeah, they're really learning so. too. No, no, oh, anyway. even I'm surprised now that my our kids, they, uh, where they go now, school, they speak English. I mean, it's just, uh, what are you doing? Like, you're four, five, you know English. Know. And it's just weird to think about because we've grown up in Denmark. Like, you learn, you're learning English in school, but you speak Danish everywhere else. Um, but no, it's impressive that when in that age, it's like they, uh, they pick up so quick. Yeah, so quick. Do they have manc accents like Ellen's kids? Uh, no. No. 
That will happen. Oh, it will happen, yeah. yeah when think... they go to school and start learning phonics, you know, like the alphabet. Yeah. They end up speaking with a Manchester accent. No offence to anyone. But doesn't, <laughs> doesn't that depend a lot on the teacher, though? Like the no. teacher or the friends? No. Yeah? It no? happens. Ah. So you're at Ajax. Yeah. Did you enjoy the football side of that straight away? Did you feel like you fit in straight away? Did it feel like the right level? Yeah, no. Uh, I went there and they actually put me down in the, on the 17th. And in Denmark, before I left, I was training with the first team, playing on the 19th. So I thought, oh, that's a downgrade. Uh, but I just saw straight in training, like um, I need to catch up because the intensity, the players, the quality, and uh, how they did things were just different compared to, to Denmark. And I was... 17 no 16 uh when i came so i need to pick up on a lot of stuff um but no they were very good to me and uh football wise i ended up coping pretty quickly so i only did like six months in on the 17th then i went on the 19th for another six months and then already i was in the first team when i was uh before i was 18 so it was just uh no i went incredible quick and what was it like when you finally got into the first team yeah, no, we're special. I mean, I went, I always remember, I went with on a training camp on a preseason in January. They went to Portugal and I thought I'm just going to go there and just see what I can and and see if I can cope. Uh, and then it ended up being uh, the first game back after preseason I started uh, for the first team. So really uh, that year went uh, madly quick. Talk about playing mid- midfield. Any heroes you looked up to or uh, modelled your game on? Yeah, no, it was different. Like I said, I think uh, back then it was more about playing yourself. So I didn't yeah. watch that many specifically and I was more just enjoying the game. Later on moving to Ajax and seeing a bit more, getting a bit more the football mentality of seeing things and stuff. It was a bit of a, I ended up enjoying Totti, but just because of a football manager, yeah. because I played that. So that's just, I didn't even see any games just from the football <laughs> manager. And then uh, ended up being a, of course I'm Danish, so you had to follow a bit of a loud trip, but he was just before my mm-hmm. time. Uh, so I watched it back then YouTube's read a few books and uh, and that that's it and then apart from that I just enjoyed watching games in general it was not like I had one player this is my favorite player I like to watch him I like that I just like the anything any position you would always see he's doing his thing in that way and he, mm-hmm. this player is doing it in his way and then you always see the difference and then uh, try to make it your own do you your debut for Ajax yeah definitely knock Brera away kick off with Lou Suarez yeah I remember that, yeah. How did you get on? Average, bang average. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, uh, I think the first was on and off the first few uh, few games just to get co- uh, to get really, uh, get in the rhythm of the game and uh, of course training with the teammates, but the intensity of so the first team football was a bit different. Um, so it wasn't, I would say average the first uh, few games, yeah. Well, you won Ajax's talent of the year. Yeah. Did that give you any thoughts about what happened next? Did you think, well, maybe I'm doing well at Ajax. Maybe I can have a look elsewhere around Europe again. Did it make you think, oh, I'm going to cement my place in this team here for a long time? No, I think it's always been the the mentality of you. A lot of the young guys, and also me personally, if you go to Ajax, it was the the dream would be a stepping stone. It would be the the best education place for a young player. And for me, it it worked out in the, in the best way possible, I think. So there's always been like, I need to do my thing. I need to be the best at what I'm doing here. And then afterwards we can see how far I can take it. But like I said, that year went, I had my debut at Ajax in January. I made my national team debut in March and I ended up being at the World Cup in June when I was 18. So it's just that whole year was just the uh, spot wow. on. Uh, and then uh, afterwards there was a, yeah, I didn't really look forward. It was just like, you're, you're just in it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, you're going to play every game there is or 
a bit what you can and then uh, really take it from there. Isn't it crazy to think like just two or three years before that you were still living close to home and playing and then three years later you're at the World Cup. That's crazy how no, fast that can happen. No, definitely. If, if, if I think back, like I said, the, at the World Cup when I was 18, like uh, even just funny to look back at the mentality and the guy and the person I was back then compared to what I would think if I'm at a World Cup now. It's just uh, yeah. to compare, it's just, uh, it's mad. Yeah, it's totally different. How did that journey become? To the World Cup? Yeah, I didn't even do the qualification. I mean, I came in March playing a friendly in Austria and first game for national team. Then we had a pre-training camp in June. And then uh, was that? Morten Olsen took me. Like, it was a... Yeah, I don't know. It's like, it was one of those where you don't really expect it. And then at the same time, it's like the hype around you is like, no, I can't not be selected. Yeah, yeah. So it's never like, I'm not going. And then I ended up going. Um, I just thought I'd just jump in in case anyone's what's going on. There's yeah. a coffee machine whirring behind you. Yeah, that's not just me, in yeah. case anyone was thinking. Malita this. one, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's just started to make you a coffee if you want one. Oh, okay, thank you. Very <laughs> odd. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Uh, yeah, no. So that was just. Uh, yeah, it was one of those where in that year I don't really think everything just came spot on. There was nothing like, and I was lucky. I didn't have any setbacks, any failure. It was really just tick, 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 tick. Yeah, and we haven't even mentioned you won the Eredivisie. Yeah, three times on round, yeah. I would say four before I left, but three, yeah. I yeah. am going to fast forward to Spurs though, because we've got a long time to yeah. go before United, sure. yeah. if that's okay. Yeah. what, um, Why Spurs at the time? Was there interest from other clubs? Yeah, there were a few interests from other clubs, but I think, the, yeah, they really wanted me. The feeling was trying to be in the Prem and where the, the club were. Uh, and I really wanted a new challenge. Um, and at the same time, living in London, playing at Spurs was really something that would be a... I thought it would be a good good fit for me. And uh, yeah, and it was. Did you watch Premier League when you were growing up? Yeah, when it was on TV. But like I said, I didn't really, I don't remember watching that certain yeah. game or that it was on TV. I'll, be, I'll watch it a bit. Uh, but it was but always I'm a goal not. in your head thinking one day I'd like to go to yeah, the Premier League. No, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to put on record that I found your transfer to Spurs incredibly frustrating because you were so cheap. Yeah, I, it baffled me that yeah. we didn't at least try to sign you because you seem so cheap. Looking back now, do you think you were a bargain? Uh, well, can I say that? Yeah, uh, yes. You can say that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, I think it was just different money back then. I mean, I, I thought it was a lot of money. If you uh, go from, what is it, 12, 13 million euros, I mean, for me, that was a wow. A lot of money, but of course, if you look at it now, you can't uh, you can't buy that many players for for ten or no. for nine million uh, pounds. Uh, but no, I don't know if it was a bargain. Yeah, uh, I probably I, was. Yeah, I, it seemed like peanuts to me for a for a player of your quality. Big money, man. It seemed yeah, absolutely crazy. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sam yeah. says it's a bargain. It's a bargain. Yeah. <laughs> and did you find a transition from Premier League from playing? In uh, yeah, no, it was different. Like it was just like uh, going into a. Uh, ping pong machine like a basketball game just continuously up and down and I the think, speed of it or the yeah intensity technical, side just of it as intensity. Well, yeah. technical because technically I wasn't technically I wasn't surprised no. like at training and see the players or like the quality would be the same in Holland in technically but then you go into the game and then you'll be like wow intensity is completely different you're gonna if you lose the ball there it's gonna end up there if you lose there it's gonna end up there's no mm -hmm. there's, there's one rhythm and there's just up and down yeah um, so that was a bit of a a shock and uh, get used to in the beginning. Who's the manager at the time then? Willis Boas. Did you enjoy working with him? Yeah, no, I was, I was in and out of the team uh, at the time. And I think also the 
the club and the team we did on and off yeah. against the, the top six we we lost a lot of games and then apart from that we did okay so yeah i think and then he left and then she took over for in the uh, last end of that season and then pochettino came what was it like working with tim yeah, I heard stories. You know him. Yeah, that's why. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, Tim. I, I don't was, speak to him. It's fine. <laughs> no, Tim. <laughs> no, Tim was good. Him and his uh, was it Les Ferdinand and and uh, Chris Ramsey. They came in after Villas Boas, and but it ended up working out in a way. Like for mm-hmm. me personally, I played every game with them, and uh, really uh, did what I could. Um, so now for me personally, it was just uh, it was okay. Yeah. Quite a few managers in your time there. Who did you learn the most of? Um, and obviously every manager is different. You learn yeah. different things. But was there someone in particular that stood out for you? Yeah, I think obviously I had Pochettino for a lot longer than the other managers. Um, and I think what we did and what we created uh, with him and the team we had was uh, was incredible. Um, so learning-wise, yeah. I did learn with Pochettino. It was like you have the ball less in training than before, but you have the ball a lot more in the game with him. So it was a lot of, uh, a lot of tough training, a lot of running. And that part was very important for him, the physical bit. And uh, we were a young side, so for us it was, uh, was a perfect mix. And then just in the game to to play free. When 2015 came and Spurs are this team doing really well, people talked again about you coming to Manchester United. Yeah. Was there any truth in any of that at that time, even whispers? Uh, well, I have spoken to, uh, I think, almost every manager who's been at United for, for the last <laughs> five years, uh, more or less. But I think the time... At Spurs, I really enjoyed my time, and we did have a a very very good team. So every time it was like, yeah, no, I'm not gonna leave for another team in the Prem. Uh, I felt good at Spurs, and I could see the opportunity for the future there. So it's not really a, speaking to them is one thing, and then really going for mm-hmm. this is uh, something else. Um, so yeah, I couldn't see myself, and that's why also when I left uh, Spurs, I didn't really have my mindset of staying in the Prem. I wanted to leave the Premier League. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've I've done that. Didn't plan on coming back. And then two years later, back. Uh, but uh, yeah, you never know what happens in football. Seems like it was meant to be. Yeah, true. Um, but in that 2015 period where you were linked to us and linked to us and linked to us, you then signed a new long-term deal and then scored against us after 11 seconds to hit your yeah. 50th Spurs goal. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. Wembley, yeah. Wembley, it was a nice yeah. game. Yeah. You got that one, Maisie? No, I just, I just remember it now. Yeah. Yeah, the ball fell perfectly. Kick perfect, off, yeah. fell down perfect. <laughs> Left foot. I think I was injured as well. It was one of my first games back. And then uh, it was like, okay, back from injury, perfect, score for 10 seconds. Here's a thing I'd love to get your opinion on. Your exit from Spurs obviously was played out as one of the main story arcs on Amazon's documentary, All or Nothing. Yeah. Did you know at the time that that was going to be a big storyline? How do you feel looking back at your, your, I guess, your personal thoughts? And like, because like this, this is... This is an interview that's fairly controlled. If there's yeah. things you don't want to say, you just don't say them. Yeah. Whereas you were filmed all the time then. Do you think that's the future of how things... There's loads of questions here. I just... It's a I really know, I just want to say, what's the first question? Yeah. Yeah. I'll just stop talking and let you take over. <laughs> yeah. No, I think the the whole Amazon setup is is different. I mean, you're, there's a camera. Even with this, there'll be another camera in the corner filming it to put it in the documentary later on. But I do think in the end, Spurs would control what comes out. I mean, they wouldn't get a... I don't think anyone does. I don't think they'll say you can film whatever you want and you can post that whatever you want. Of course, you want to do it in the in the best possible way for both sides. Um, so, of course, I think in the beginning with Amazon being having a, a lunch, a dinner with your teammate and then there'll be a microphone on the table and a camera behind you. Yeah, that is awkward. Like you have to get used to it. And then mm. at the time later on, you're just like, oh, it's there. So what? Uh, but yeah, that part was, of course, uh, was different. And yeah, no, I mean, I... Uh, 
I have no bad feelings towards that bit or the club in general. And uh, yeah, then it ended up being a payment for Spurs and me getting a transfer to, to Milan, to Inter. And was that always something that you wanted to do as well? I know you'd said there, right, enough of the Premier League, let's move on. Did you always want to play abroad in Italy, for example, or Spain, wherever it would have yeah. been at the time? No, yeah, I always wanted to try it. Like I thought at the time it would be, of course, I think everybody wants to be in a top three club in Italy or in Spain. Um, and then, of course, it was really just lucky that they came in and, and wanted to to buy me six months before my, my contract runs out. Um, no, I think Italy and Inter in, uh, in general was a, was a very, very good time. So no, it was definitely mentally, I wanted to try something else, yeah. So uh, what was life like in Spain? Did you get on with everybody? Obviously, Italy. Spain, yeah. That was nice on holiday. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. uh, did you did you like uh, Serie A? Because you talked about the difference of playing in the Premier League. Did it feel like that again? Yeah, in a, in a different way. I mean, playing in Italy was very different. I think I was unfortunate because when I came, the the whole COVID situation came, so everything went into lockdown and uh, and that's on when kicked about and uh, kicked around because of that. Um, but no, I really enjoyed it. Uh, of course, in the beginning it was tough. Uh, getting to know everything and Conte as a manager at the time is uh, what he is like. He was very structured and for me as a player it was a bit, how do I fit in? Uh, it ended up being in a in a successful, very successful way. But of course, in the beginning it was a bit of on and offs. Um, and yeah, my family loved it in Italy. It was really a, a lovely place. Can, so can I just ask, when you moved there, so COVID was actually, do you know what I just read today? Today, three years ago, the schools closed for lockdown but anyway that just brings back bad memories for yeah, me yeah. <laughs> the homeschooling Kids, day yeah. started <laughs> um so when was the time period and what was it like for you living in a new country when there was yeah well COVID? i uh, i came in late january and then so we because they january. went into lockdown earlier than england is that right yeah so we played late january and then we played february and it started coming and i'm pretty sure in the february start of march the whole thing because I think I was I was about a month in the hotel and they shut it down uh, so they closed the hotel came with a note saying we're closing the hotel okay where am I going to stay and then uh, they ended up saying no you played against Juventus in the last game before the season finished so you need to be in uh, quarantine for another two weeks so I need to find a place to stay in Italy so they they gave me the option so if I could stay at Esther Young's couch with his family or Lukaku's couch or I could stay with um at the training ground, so it ended up being two weeks at the training ground, which was actually in the end. What was, was wrong okay. with those two players? No, I was lucky. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> only two that could have been a bit of English in a good way. Uh, no, so that ended up being okay. I mean, I ended up being in the training ground with uh, Conte's staff, apart from Conte, so like all the assistant coaches. There was a there was a chef there. Uh, I could use the gym. I could use the pitch. You had so a great I really, time. I had a, I had a football terms <laughs> yeah. and getting to use to Italy. That was that was not bad at all. So you were in than, like a little bubble, all of you together? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you had to. And then you had to get tested before you could leave. Did they have like, because like, I'm just thinking, what was the set? Do you have a bedroom? Like how did that? Yeah, they have like, uh, a lot of clubs have the same as Spurs has the, the lodge, like a sleeping, like okay. a hotel-ish. Yeah. And they had the rooms back then and they made new ones after, but old school rooms uh, with a bed, internet, TVs. And so literally the days were, were long, mm -hmm. obviously, but... It's two weeks and then the quarantine was done. Where, where was your family in this? They went Denmark. So, right, so they got two weeks. So they luckily they went out there just before yeah. lockdown and then they stayed in Denmark and then we could manage to fly to Denmark, stay there after the quarantine was done. And then after three weeks they said you have to come back. And then we found apartment in between. So went into an apartment with no furniture, like with 
there was a bed and there was a sofa and then uh, mm -hmm. cutlery there was about two spoons I brought with me uh, <laughs> there's no shops open or anything no exactly no there's nothing and then uh, they had like no it was, it was salty it was okay mental. like you had what I needed yeah. so there was nothing bad then my family came the the week after like what are you doing in Denmark anyway just come down here and we get used to it and uh, no so it was different then we did home training like all the Zoom calls mm -hmm. home yeah. gym running in the garage all the stuff because you couldn't go outside people think that football is so glamorous you see oh, yeah. and there you were with two spoons a sofa yeah. and a yeah. bed it was <laughs> enough though like, it's exactly, weird it showed you, you managed, that you yeah. didn't need exactly. much. Exactly, afterwards, it was, I think it was healthy in a way of just to be able to see mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't need 20 plates. Like, I, I need one or two yeah. or four if you have kids. But yeah. apart from that, then uh, it was different. But no, it was a, was a different time. But I suppose though, you think you're going to go to a new city and you will learn the culture really quickly. You'll go out on excursions, trips, yeah. and you didn't have any of that. It was very, very different for you. No, it was like you, if you walked on the street, there was no one there. I mean, and then also in Italy, you had to have a certificate to walk around on the street yeah. saying where you're going and stuff and whatever. So the lockdown was heavy, but not in a heavy wave like some other people were, were dying. I mean, we were just uh, easily coping. So yeah, no, it was different. We saw Milan in a completely different way. And it only ended up being a proper Milan when we left because there was one and a half years after when they started mm -hmm. really mm -hmm. opening up. Um, so yeah, we missed that part, but we still loved our time. Mm -hmm. During the, the football, you picked up the Serie A title. Yep. Did you feel good during that season? Did you, obviously, there's so much else happening in the background, but did you enjoy the, the football part and chasing a league title and winning it? Yeah, no, very much. I uh, The first season was obviously with the lockdown and then at the same time, the playing, getting used to, to Conte's system and getting to get me to play like he wanted me to play. Uh, it took a bit of uh, get used to each other. Uh, which we tried on every possible way to to make it work work out, and then uh, yeah, the first year was in and out, and then scored a free kick just before the window closed. I think on the twenty sixth or twenty seventh of January, and then they said no, now you're staying, and then it ended up being okay, I'll stay, and then I ended up playing every game until we we won the league. So in the end, it was very successful. Yeah. Yeah, Conte really wanted you to stay. Uh, stay. I think he came out and said that, that as yeah. well. After that, yeah. yeah. After that, <laughs> <laughs> after that, he really wanted me to stay. Yeah, and then I also managed to play, uh, and we started winning games, um, and then uh, yeah, started winning a uh, championship in the end, which was a bit unlucky as well in lockdown because you're not really allowed to have a parade or celebrate yeah. with the fans, mm. which in Italy is a what you see now as well when it's open, like it's just a different atmosphere in the atmosphere like in the stadium so it was really unfortunate but we still managed to see them from the stadium watching down outside the stadium with a lot of thousands of people but we didn't get that normal procedure I think Were there fans at the game? Yeah There we were had, fans Yeah 5,000 There was the yeah. like the limit in and out yeah. then you had two months where no, now we can do 5,000 then they did no it's been a COVID case in uh, in Lombardia the region no, now we're going to do 2,000 or 1,200 and then it changed and it was a bit more in the end, but it wasn't a full stadium. No. And I suppose what you wouldn't have known at the time is those celebrations were going to be your final act as an Inter Milan player yep. because of what happened at Euro 2020. Yep. Can you tell us your perspective on what happened in the game against Finland? Yeah, no, uh, not much. I felt uh, I felt normal. Like you said, I had, uh, I think, the best possible build-up. felt very good going into to the Euros in Denmark playing. And then uh, after... 30 something minutes I uh, felt my uh, felt my calves and then I woke up five minutes later with the uh, people around me saying uh, uh, like talking 
Um, and then really that's it. So there's only those four minutes I don't remember. Apart from that, I remember coming back and telling the dog off because he told he told the paramedic that I'm 30. I was like, no, no, I'm 29, <laughs> dog. Uh, so I was really I was lucky because I was me straight away. Like there was yeah. no, I was lucky it was me, and I didn't know at the time what was going on. And then I went in the ambulance, went to the hospital, and then uh, finished watching the game in the in the in the room at the hospital because the stadium was right next door. So I can hear the crowd crowds and everything from the from the hospital bed so when you say you woke up and you were you do you mean you like because you would imagine i don't know people might wake up from different scenarios feeling a bit dazed or a bit confused but you were just totally yeah no i mean you go to stages but mentally i was there i go mm-hmm. through of course i need to get my breathing back that was the first thing like the the breathing back and then slowly close with closed eyes hearing voices people around me and then opening my eyes and then oh so many people uh medics around me and what is going on um and then that's it and apart from that it's just you didn't have like, you, did, you knew nothing no nothing you just felt your calves what tight or yeah like cramp both calves went like cramp and then uh next one was uh i did manage to think like there's a bad touch because i know it's a throw and it goes to my knee yeah, yeah. it's like oh that's a bad touch and then my calf went this and then down is it a thing that you like thinking about looking back like have you watched the footage did you talk to people who were there about filling in those four minutes or is it a part of your life you just sort of think well that happened and then now we carry on no i've seen it back obviously i got <laughs> social media got tagged and everything and all the media afterwards was about that uh but then after like now i don't mind talking about it it's in a i'm lucky that i'm here i'm lucky my my family uh, supported me through it and i can see how they are coping uh, that makes me more settled that I can see they are in a in a good place as well. Of course, there's some some memories back and forth, uh, but for me mentally, it's been uh, yeah, I've been lucky uh, that gone through that shit, to be honest, uh, and then still have the family supporting me in the way I have. Yeah. What do you think it changed for you as a person? Uh, I felt I was relaxed before, but now uh, just everything is just chill. Like it's just. Uh, Whatever comes, comes. Uh, definitely, it's definitely put my family a lot higher up on the ranking, and my kids in a yeah, in a good way. I felt they were up there, but you get a different yeah. like a perspective on things. Um, so now my time is more like time, I'm gonna yeah. spend it in that way. At the same time, I'm just lucky I'm being the football again. That was my aim. If I can come back to being football, I can be back. I'll be back being Christian Eriksen, the footballer, and then uh, the other incident for four minutes it's going to be a sidekick for the rest of the career and when did you get your prognosis for what would happen with the rest of your football career like when were you told you can't go back to Italy and so on uh early on uh because the week I left the hospital I hadn't they wouldn't let me out of the hospital without an ICD and that was clear like it was just uh, that's how you're going to do it you're not going to leave without it and just to to be safe if anything would happen again you're going to get help straight away um, so what's, it's, what's it's an like ICD? A pacemaker, like a small right, under okay. the skin. So it's like a gives a shock if uh, if my heart rate goes way too high, my heart goes in a in a bad way again, and then it, instead of a defibrillator, mm-hmm. that, that, that's it. I never used it; won't happen. But it's there. And yeah, no. So that was quick. So that was a week after, and then of course the rules came up from Italy and saying like, if you have an ICD in uh, in Italy or whatever, you can't play. But that wasn't the first mindset. I wanted to be healthy first and then uh, yeah. from there take it what it was like. So the first week or month, I didn't think about it. Of course, I had the, the club, which was my employer. They, of course, wanted to, to ask how it was going and how uh, things were going and 
so on and doing all the the tests back and forth uh but in the end it ended up being like i'm not the i can't change what is me there's an icd inside of me if you don't change your rules here then i can't play in italy so it's very like straightforward there's nothing in between i mean it'll be different if you're in a different mindset you go yeah well like the doctor telling you can't play then it's a different situation but for me from the beginning they said you have an icd that doesn't change anything so you can still when I see you could do everything. Only You're don't actually do, in a better only position. Do, only, exactly. Don't yeah. do scuba diving for 30 meters. Okay. Okay. Won't do that. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I was lucky that out of that, the only thing is I have an ICD and that's it. So Brentford. Yeah. How did that come about? Uh, well, that came about just around Christmas, just before the, the last test, actually. The, the coach called me from Brentford, Thomas Frank, called me and asked, what is it like? And uh, how is it feeling? What are your thoughts? And then we had a few conversations. I said, yeah, uh, actually, funny enough, because I did think about if I need to come back, I need to show myself. Maybe Brentford would be a good opportunity. And uh, nobody else came in. A few in Holland, a few somewhere else came in. Uh, but then also other teams in the Premier League. But it was more like Brentford. I can see myself getting used to it pretty quick. And then if it goes well, as a stepping stone. And then... Uh, and of course, yeah. you knew him as well. Yeah. So you had that personal relationship with him that he knew you and what you were capable of, your character, because that's a big thing in football. Yep. Managers go for people who are certain characters as well. 100%. No, it's a big factor. I think it's just, I think everyone, every footballer knows that. I mean, you can be the best footballer, but it may be the managers that don't like you or just don't play. I mean, the, a lot of the managers have a, a lot of control in a footballer's career. Very much. And that's just how football is. It's just the, the man in charge is going to put the team together and either you're in or you're out. And uh, that's really how it goes. But yeah, no, Thomas, I knew him from when I was very young, 16, uh, national team in Denmark. And uh, yeah, no, we spoke and we made a plan. And the plan uh, turned out, in I think, in, in the best right. possible way as a club and for me as a footballer to come back and uh, first of all, keep them up. But also, secondly, me personally to being back and showing that I was still the, the footballer. What was your first day like walking into that dressing room? Uh, yeah, no, was, there was a lot of Danish people at uh, Brentford, so it wasn't that bad, like a lot no. of familiar faces. Uh, but with the reaction of what you've just gone through? Yeah, no, it was just like, like 20 high. questions. Yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, but not that bad, I think, because obviously we see them every day and it's not like the first question mm. is not going to be, what do you like? And they even... We had the, the first meeting where it was a welcoming. I said to Thomas, I, I need to say something to everyone. Uh, so I stood up and said, like, uh, thank you for welcoming me. And uh, I'm here. I'm the footballer. Don't take any mm -hmm. away from that. I'm just here to play football. And ICD, if you have questions, you can ask me anything. But don't go easy on me just because that's yeah. it. Mm. Uh, so that was the opening monologue. To say, to say, like, yeah. this is why I'm here. And uh, yeah, no, they had, uh, it was a very good group. It still is. You can still see mm. how they play in the Premier League. It was yeah. a very good group. Uh, players, training-wise, was really a... Uh, yeah, impressive for me, yeah, group, yeah. I just think of Maisie saying about how, how people were when you walked into the dressing room and you said you thought you'd speak to everybody and say it's okay, you can ask me questions if you want to. Yeah. Was the, I mean, maybe it's still like it, but were certainly the first few months after the Euros had finished and, and you turned up at Brentford, was the reaction of people generally maybe overwhelming or a bit different? Because certainly during the, the game against Finland, you were the most thought of person perhaps on the planet because yeah. it's the biggest sporting event in the world at the time. Every eye's on it and everybody is thinking about you and wishing you well. It's like the, where Brandon and you, where he, he wants well, to be with you. He wants to fight on the pitch. Yeah. yeah, and then he sees it's you <laughs> yeah. and then wants to hug you. Yeah. Is it Was it weird having, I guess, all that love and interest and 
It was, especially when you go into a, if you play an away game and then there'll be the away fans started clapping. Mm. Like if you take a corner, then I'd be, oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> uh, but I think also in the, in the way it was, yeah, it had to be like that. Like the intro of people seeing me back in a good and healthy way was a, was a positive and all the, the flowers, all the messages I got from even the hospital and until this day, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful for people watching and following it. And back then, of course, the support was uh, was massive. I didn't meet anyone on the street saying, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, so uh, no, everyone's been really supportive. And also the way fans, which normally are less. Yeah. Well, that, that changed, didn't it, at the start of the season? Yeah, that changed, yeah. We, I guess we'd be jumping ahead. But yeah, what was it like when you made your debut for Brentford and you were back on a football pitch in a in a proper game? Yeah, no, especially we had two, I had two friendly games before that to get to know the the football terms uh, and get to know that the football feeling again which was good and then of course playing the first game against Newcastle was a was a warm welcoming from the from the fans and just personally being on the football pitch again being a, being the football that I wanted to be you did say that time is most important thing to you now and that's why we're going to move on to Manchester United okay <laughs> <laughs> So finally, your move to Manchester United comes about because I know Sam had dreamt about it for about 10 years before, but it wasn't <laughs> yeah. going to happen, Sam. Tell us about the move. How did it happen? Well, I ended up being at Brentford until the, the summer, obviously, and the contract was uh, was running out. Uh, so I was a free man to, to talk to other clubs and, and kept my possibilities open. Uh, at the time, I wasn't closed down on going back to Brentford. I wanted to see what else came in. It was something that could tempt me away from how good it was there. And then, of course, United came in uh speaking to the manager on the phone uh, and then it was like yeah i could actually see myself going to united and luckily they they pulled through and i did as well so in the in the end coming here was uh was definitely very special it seemed like a perfect fit Maisie, at the time absolutely. didn't it absolutely i think a lot of manchester united fans were thinking wow we've got lucky here yeah of course i mean everyone will remember his time at spurs as a as a spurs player but I, I I think you're an unbelievable player. I do, and I'm so glad that you're at, you you are at Manchester United. Uh, not because of everything that's gone on, but just because you're an unbelievable player. And um, should be. He's a football club now. Huh? He <laughs> should be. He's a football club. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the, the your response not wildly dissimilar to that during one of the there's a press conference a few months into the season, and you were asked, were you surprised at how much you were playing? Because a lot of journalists had maybe thought, oh, Christian will be a really good sort of option from the bench. And you said, no, I came here to show everybody how good I am and to prove my worth. And is, is that, did you have that mindset all the way through? Yeah, I think I've had, I've had that at every club. I mean, I didn't go to, I asked to, of course, I was younger, was different, but my mindset was, I'm going to go there and just fit in. I wanted to be the best possible. And they were same at Spurs, same at Inter, going there, I wanted to, I want to play, I want to play. Um, and I could see myself playing. It's been like the choices in my career has been like, I can, if I had a feeling like I'm going to go, I'm going to be on the bench, I'm going to be definitely not playing and I'm not going to go. But I saw the opportunity, spoke to a manager, obviously. And then it was like, yeah, let's try it out. And then uh, in the end, they've been, uh, it's been good choices in, uh, in all the clubs I've been at. Yeah. Obviously, you've played at Old Trafford before. You've scored at Old Trafford before. But what was yep. it like the first time you pulled on a red kit and walked out the tunnel? Uh, weird, the same as when you walk into the stadium, like walking the, walking to the right instead of the left uh, in the change rooms and stuff. So that was a bit of a, a different feeling compared to being here the, the last few times, but uh, nowhere special. I mean, I've uh, I've always had a uh, playing here, like the 
the vibe in the stadium as an away player was was intense, but not really scary. And then coming here and then watch playing every game, it's like, oh, I do get why some people, and especially now how it's yeah. going, like you could be scared to play because it's just a good crowd, good people, good fans. So it's just really a, yeah, it's a wonderful stadium. It's big enough, I think. Does it make you realise now that you're a Manchester United player that every time another team plays Man United, they up their game? Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah, I think you feel like that every team, you, wherever you are. I mean, at Spurs, we felt the same if you played against really, I remember, Newcastle. If we, it was the same at Spurs, we played against Newcastle. Like, oh, the Tim Crowley had like 20 saves this game. Oh, it's only against us. Like, mm. it's just how it goes in football. It's just how it feels. And I know where you come from. If you're United, you feel like, of course, the Everyone wants image to be on the United. outside, you want to beat United, of course. But I think at the end, I mean, I think everybody wants to win against everyone. Of course, there's a rivalry, there's a derby, yeah. and there's a bigger picture playing against United. But I think in terms of that, I think every club has that like, oh, why is it always us? Mm. Well, we haven't seen it as much as we've wanted to this season because of injury, obviously. But what's it been like forming that partnership with Casemiro? No, it's been uh, it's been very well, even with Scotty before and with Fred. I mean, there is a group that's taking very good uh, care of me from from day one, and uh, yeah, trying to. I've been trying to fit in from from day one, and they've taken good care of me. Uh, Casemiro, of course, coming in with all the the big trophy cabinet he's bringing, and the experience <laughs> he's coming with him, and the, and the bad English at the same time. But uh, <laughs> but he's uh, no, he's a he's a lovely guy, and at the same time, he's a he's a winner, and uh, yeah, he's a lovely player. What what do you think yourself and Casemiro can bring to the team? Well, he's bringing a lot more trophies than me. Unluckily, yeah. that's that's one thing. Uh, but no, in football terms, I mean, we'll probably bring a bit of a bit of calmness, a bit of movement of the ball on the pitch, and a bit mm -hmm. of awareness in the in the middle. Um, so yeah, I think of that a bit of control to the game. And what? How have you settled into life in Manchester? Uh, very good, actually. the The weather isn't too bad. No. compared to what it was thinking of, uh, <laughs> of what I expected. So it's actually surprised me in a good way. Good. Uh, and then no, my family has said so well. Uh, the kids like their school and uh, a mother of Sabrina is happy. So I know we're pleased and uh, being here around is a, is a good place, good people and uh, good teammates. Just need some more trophies. Still got two more trophies sorry. to go for. Where do you see United ending up? That's a uh, good yeah, well, I've been looking just, from like, the outside. Did you just yeah. ask a question yeah, and then say to yourself, that's, that's a big question. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah, that's a big question. I was a big, right, sorry, I yeah. think you said that's a good question. No, no. Uh, are you going to answer it first then? Then <laughs> yeah. I'll reply after. Um, I would say FA Cup would be a great trophy for, for the club. Three trophies. See, so he good. doesn't want anyone else to win the treble. No, no, okay. <laughs> the, the Premier League's gone now, so that's fine. I think. But Stranger uh, things uh, have happened. Where, where do you think this team or this squad could get to? Yeah, no, I think we are, I think if you compare to uh, the Previous. first few games yeah. of the season, I mean, I think we're in a completely different situation. And yeah. then already at the same time, have won a trophy already is, uh, I think, exceptional, mm. like compared to where we started and me joining as a new player. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think football terms, of course, there's still uh, things you can improve. And I think I'm sure the manager would say the same. There's a lot yeah. of things you could improve. Uh, but what, no, what where we think, finish, what, what, I mean, is of course, like you said, the league is uh, yeah. is far off. But I mean, we're still hoping that if anything happens, we'll be there to, yeah. to take our chance. And every cup want to go as far as possible. Like want to, of mm -hmm. course, we want to, to win it. Uh, what do you think the manager's brought to the team? Yeah, no, he's brought a... Uh, I would say discipline, football terms, ideas. Yeah. Uh, his ideas are getting to being uh, printed into the players, 
compared to the beginning as well, getting a bit of a uncertain feeling in the, in the beginning and then looking at it now, I mean, people know what they're doing on the pitch. Mm. Um, so I think he's done their structure, structure-wise, discipline. And then, of course, he's, uh, his ideas is just a uh, fun football to play. Christian, thank you so much. It's been an pleasure. absolute pleasure. It Thanks, really has. Man. And thank you for being so kind with your time. How good was that? Incredible. That was brilliant. Yeah. I absolutely, I could speak to him. Well, we had a little chat another way off camera as well, which was just so interesting. What Incredible. a lovely guy. What a great guy. Really lovely man. Yes. Also, tell you what I found fascinating, his move to Inter Milan and then living in the training ground for the for his quarantine and that he turned down Lukaku and Ashley Young's offer. Hope they're not listening. <laughs> Probably will be. Yeah, that's unbelievable. Like you think you're moving to a city, right? Let's go and immerse ourselves in the culture. Let's eat Italian food every mm-hmm. night. No, no, let's just sleep in the training ground. Yeah. <laughs> On my own. Yeah. So I think it would have been, there's an element of that that would have been fun, surely. You know just, I'm not I, sure. Just run out with the football. Ever since he can remember growing up, had a football at the side of him. Yeah. That's just the typical young lad wanting to make football his dream. And his mum was a footballer too. Mum was a footballer. Yeah. His dad was a footballer. Dad coached him. What a footballing family. Yeah. Yeah. Also, uh, the really funny, we talked about the, the beforehand him being linked to United all the way through and actually confirmed that it never happened in the early part of his career. So whoever does the Wikipedia page can take that out. Were you convinced of that, Sam? Did you think that was true? Well, I didn't know, but he's, he's a player that, so like when he went to Spurs, for example, and I said like, oh, that was really cheap. He was very much on my radar as someone who was linked to United. Like Wesley we Sch- Schneider. Just like Wesley someone Schneider. Someone who's always yeah. linked, yeah. But he's, he's told us, didn't happen. Yeah, it didn't happen. You heard it here first. We get all the exclusives, you see. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. If you'd like to write to us. <laughs> that sounded so sad. Please send us. If you'd like to write to us. Don't bother if you don't want to write to us, but you know, we only read one email out. I've I met tell you what, so many where was people recently who have loved where was the I, the other day? I was in Malaga Airport coming home and a guy comes up to us. David, do you mind if I have a photograph? I said, no, sure. So I had a photograph of the gate and he went, I love listening to the podcast. Yeah. I went, oh, thanks, mate. Which is your favourite? And Lou McCary and this, that, the other. And all that. He says, Sam does annoy me, though. I said, why is that? He went, I don't know. He just annoys me. I went, don't worry, pal. He annoys us as well. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> is this a true story? True story. Yeah. <laughs> true story. Like, sounds like a lovely guy. Yeah. I'm glad he got his picture. Well, I have met loads of people, particularly in Seville for the Real Betis game, who have loved the podcast. So many. And they were also very annoyed by Sam. No, they all really liked you, Sam. Nice them to add that. (laughs) All right. uh, Well, if you want to get in touch, maybe just to let us know how much I annoy you, please do. It's unitedpodcast at mayunited.co.uk. Subscribe, like the podcast, do all those things because it helps us. That means you get to see it when it drops. And we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Cheerio.